to They're Coming to Read You, Barbara, a podcast book club. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rebecca. And today, we are talking about Wide Sargasso Sea by Jan Rees. Yes. And, so let's start. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's a new title for us. We don't have our flow. Surprise. Also, we're no longer the Three Tipsy Turks podcast, and that is because the lie, like the title had become a lie. There weren't three of us. Right. Because Sarah moved, mm-hmm. and then we weren't drinking because I became sober. Mm-hmm. Because surprise, if you have a podcast where the point is to drink, you might also have a drinking problem. <laughs> if that's your idea of fun. <laughs> uh, so... Now, uh, we have a new title, but same kind of thing. We talk about the books, and today we're talking about Wide Sargasso Sea, which, if you haven't read it, is basically a unauthorized prequel of Jane Eyre. Yes. It focuses on the character of Bertha, who in this novel is named Antoinette, mm-hmm. and she it focuses on her growing up in Martinique, And then meeting Mr. Rochester, getting married, and then how she slowly possibly is driven insane by his behavior and also by the uh, after effects of the slaves being liberated in Martinique Mm -hmm. uh, and how the culture kind of turned and she no longer felt welcomed in the only place that she felt at home. Mm -hmm. So, Rebecca, what are your thoughts on this book? Um... As a Jane Eyre fan, I was interested to read this because it's one of the characters that we don't know anything about. So that was cool. Uh, it was interesting to see the slow progression into madness, sort of, of Antoinette, Bertha, whatever. Um, and of course, it does not paint Mr. Rochester in very good light. So that was a bummer for me. <laughs> I was desperately trying to cling on to the romantic side of Mr. Rochester, but... It's, it's not there. No, it's not. It's not there. And this book is, like, one of the seminal, like, feminist texts. Mm-hmm. Like, it's often, like, one of those books that gets cited as, like, being very important because it came out, like, right in the middle of the uh, women's liberation movement. Uh, the author actually had written other novels, uh, most of them in the 40s. She uh, lived an interesting life. She also lived uh, in the Caribbean. She, her family had a plantation there, and then uh, she moved away with her family. She was uh, a courtesan at one point, uh, and she was a novelist, but a lot of her novels towards World War II were no longer successful because uh, they were considered real bummers, surprisingly. <laughs> and so she had stopped writing for decades, and then a friend of hers encouraged her to uh, get back to it. And she wrote this book, which she'd been working on for a very long time. And this kind of revitalized interest in her as an author. Cool. And she is quoted as saying, uh, in reference to her newfound fame, she is quoted as saying, it has come too late. (laughs) That's epic. (laughs) Which I love. (laughs) Uh, But for me, I love this book. But I have to think about it as separate yes. from Jane Eyre because I love Jane Eyre a lot. But if you take this book and you think of it as canon, then you have to hate Mr. Rochester. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in turn, you can't root for Jane Eyre. But right. uh, I still think it's an interesting idea. Yeah. 
And I think it's interesting to focus on that character. And it reminded me of other stories. Like, it reminded me of Charlotte Perkins Gilman's The Yellow Wallpaper. Okay. uh, Which, if you haven't read it, it's a short read. But there's also, like, radio adaptations. One of them with Agnes Moorhead. Oh, that would be cool. It's super good. Uh, And then it also reminded me of, like, Kate Chopin's The Awakening. Okay. Which is... Very depressing, but very good. But basically just uh, books that focus on the plight of women who are at the mercy of men. Right. Because, you know, women like Antoinette in this time period, they don't inherit their own wealth. Mm-hmm. Or when they marry, they automatically lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, my favorite character in the book was Christophine. Christophine is the servant who uh, has been with Antoinette's family Uh, She was initially with them as a slave. Mm -hmm. And then after the slaves were liberated, uh, she continued to stay with the family uh, because she didn't have anywhere else to go, but also because I think she does care about the family. Yeah. And she continues to stay with Antoinette throughout her adulthood. And as Mr. Rochester is wooing Antoinette, and basically we as a reader know that he has wooed her to inherit her fortune yeah. because he is the second son of his father and will not have any fortune of his own to inherit. Mm-hmm. And so we know that and Christophine is trying to war- warn Antoinette that. Yeah. And <laughs> 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 Our husbands are cooking burgers. <laughs> so you might hear the fire alarm in the background. <laughs> it's going really well. I bet those fries are going to be tasty. <laughs> Extra crispy. <laughs> Did you find this movie depressing? I mean, this book depressing? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is we know it doesn't end well for her. Mm-hmm. Whereas other books kind of like this, like Madame Bovary, if you don't like, if you don't have a basic knowledge of that story, I think that's easier to slog through because you're like, maybe she'll make it. Maybe she'll like redeem herself and become a better person. Uh, But also maybe uh, the terrible people in the story that are surrounding her uh, will stop being terrible or go away. And then it doesn't end happily at all. But you don't expect that the whole novel. Right. Whereas this, we know that it's not going to end good for her. Like the Titanic. Yes! And so it's a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, I think I, as a reader, resisted identifying with her Mm -hmm. on some level. So that I wouldn't be that upset. Right. Yes, Um, agreed. But in the end, she's a very likable character. Yeah. Um, I do love the ending. I won't spoil the ending if you haven't read it. Yeah, I like it as well. Uh, But I did think that the ending was very satisfying. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who would you cast in the movie? Um, I always have this problem. I, I don't... I'll go first. I'll I, go first. I don't see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I definitely can't help but see Michael Fassbender. Yes. He's and, the only Rochester to me. Right? Like a young Isabelle Huppert. Uh, I'm probably saying that wrong and somebody's like, oh, no. But it's a French name. You can look it up. <laughs> uh, but if I was going to cast it with actors that are probably more age appropriate and I admit this is because I really love Greta Gerwig's Little Women I would cast Swarsha Ronan and uh, Timothy Chalamet interesting okay um 
I was going more like uh, they seem they both seem so dainty. They do, but I think that is what could make Mr. Rochester scary, is okay. him being cast as like kind of a fop. Okay, interesting. Uh, in my head, Antoinette was more like rough around the edges. Okay, kind of. Uh, so I see her with like you know really dark, like thick hair. Yeah. Uh, so I have a person in my mind, but I I have no idea. Who they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I've seen her before. Yeah. And I just can't remember where. I could see someone like an Isabella Johnny or someone with darker features because mm-hmm. part of not just this book, but also Jane Eyre, is that there are hints that Antoinette or Bertha is not white. Right. Which in Jane Eyre, if you look at that, it actually doesn't reflect super great on Charlotte Bronte because right. there are like hints that. Part of why Mr. Rochester doesn't like his wife is because she's from the Caribbean and she has darker features and maybe it's hinted at that she's not purely uh, white. And uh, it's also hinted that that may have been what led to her going insane because at the time it was believed that if you had mixed race ancestry, you were more susceptible to drinking problems and mental illness. Which we now know is total bullshit. But at that time, uh, it is something that could have potentially influenced Charlotte Bronte's storytelling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, And Charlotte Bronte's, like, Jane Eyre is interesting when you think about it, that it's kind of like a revenge novel because Charlotte Bronte was, in fact, a governess. Mm -hmm. She did fall in love with her employer and then got kicked out of the house. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting from that perspective. Yeah. And interesting when you think about the author of Wide Sargasso Sea, how she was, uh, like, she did inherit a family plantation uh, in the Caribbean, but when she went down, it was left in shambles and ruins. Mm -hmm. And so, but I do feel like this book is really critical of race relations. Like, Mm -hmm. I think this book, being written by a woman who's, like, in her 70s, in in 1960s, uh, is pretty woke because she does kind of point out how the male white characters constantly underestimate and infantilize the black characters. Mm-hmm. So I found that very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. We got way off base because we were talking about casting the movie, <laughs> but are we done? Can we move on with yes, that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What is your moan and groan? So your moan, what was your favorite part of this book? Um, the ending. Yeah. The I mean I can't spoil it, but um, the last I guess chapter. Yes. It's just the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very interesting. Okay, and my mo- uh, my moan would be uh, Christophine when she tells Mister Rochester that she doesn't like him, and she says, and maybe he doesn't like me. Whatever. <laughs> like I love Christophine as a character. Yeah, she was enjoyable. What is your groan? Um. I found it hard to get into. Okay. Uh, I didn't immediately connect with any of the characters. And because I knew how it ended, I was just like, there's nothing... Like, when is it going to get juicy? Yes. And so it it took me a minute to, like, really want to read it. Right. I think for me, my groan is that this is basically a book where we just watch a character get abused systematically for the entire book. Yes, and that always super triggers me. (laughs) Yeah, so it's super dark, uh, but overall, I still enjoy it. But on that note, we're going to play a game. Okay. 
And this game is about women in peril. Ooh. So we're doing Would You Rather. And I'm going to give you two literary characters. Uh, and you will tell me which one you would rather be. Oh, boy. You can ask elaborating questions if you need. Okay. Okay? All right. The first one is Antoinette in Wide Sargasso Sea or Esther Greenwood in The Bell Jar. I haven't read The Bell Jar. Oh, you haven't? No, because I've heard such things about it from you that I was like, I should probably stay away from that book. It's triggering a spot. I know. Okay. I haven't read it. But I wouldn't want to be Antoinette, so. Mm, Yeah. I don't know if I would want to be Esther either. (laughs) Knowing what I know about The Bell Jar, I probably wouldn't want to be in that book either. Yeah, (laughs) because it's another book that is like, there are huge autobiographical elements from Sylvia Plath, and I wouldn't want to want her life either. No. No, for sure. Okay. Okay, next. Mrs. DeWinter, the second Mrs. DeWinter in Rebecca. Okay. Or Jane Eyre. Oh, well, I mean, like, ooh, that's tough. Jane Eyre, I think, because she gets Mr. Rochester. <laughs> and in the end, they do live happily ever after. I guess Rebecca, I think. Hmm. I'm going to go with Jane Eyre. I think... I would rather be the second Mrs. De Winter. Okay. Because she is not abused for the first half of her life. True. And so I'm like, uh, I think I'd rather that. Uh, and I don't know. I love Manderly. Like, the description of Manderly yeah. is really beautiful to yeah. me in a way that uh, that Thornfield Hall. I do love Thornfield Hall, but it doesn't strike me in the same way. Yeah. I can see that. I would rather, though, be a governess for a little girl than, like, the assistant to some old lady. I don't know. <laughs> guess it really depends on the kid. <laughs> True. <laughs> Is it my kid? I'd rather be the assistant to the old lady. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you rather be Carol in The Price of Salt? I haven't read that. Oh, Patricia Highsmith? You've seen the movie, Carol, with Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Yes, Carol. Oh, I did read it. Yeah, I was like, what? We talked yeah, about it. You to told me to read it. I listened to the audiobook. That's right. Uh, My bad memory. <laughs> or Anna Karenina. Uh, it's been a long time since I remember that story. That's okay. Both are it. about forbidden love. Yeah, but Anna Karenina, doesn't she die? Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have to make that choice if you're her. <laughs> True. She, like, throws herself in front of a train or something, She right? absolutely does. Yeah. Um, so, the main character, Carol. Yes. Where she's, like, in love, but she can't be with him because she's... Yeah, I would be Carol. I think I would be Carol, too. Because even though, uh, like, being a lesbian at that time was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. It still seems like it was more acceptable than leaving your husband in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. So, uh, would you rather be Mary Cat and we have always lived in the castle Ooh. or Eleanor in the haunting? Oh, just based off the storylines, I'd rather be Eleanor. I would too. Yeah, that sounds irresistible, right? <laughs> a big house full of ghosts that wants to like absorb me and yeah. keep me forever. Okay, I'd be like, okay, where's, where do I sign? Right, I'll <laughs> show up right now. Uh, okay, and this one is not based on a book. This is the last one. We're cheating a little. We're gonna do movie ones. Okay. Uh, would you rather be Edith in Crimson Peak? Oh. 
or Thomason in The Witch? In The Witch? Oh, 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 the, with um, Anna Taylor-Joy, right? Uh-oh, our fries are burning again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, is it like, do I get to be with Tom Hiddleston? Sure, but I'm, you also have to escape Jessica Chastain. I'm, I mean, okay. <laughs> I could probably say Anna Karenina, but Vronsky is Tom Hiddleston. And you'd be like, okay. <laughs> All right, and last. I can't guarantee I would run away from Jessica Chastain either because she's beautiful. She is beautiful. And watching them together, I'd be like, mm, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I know your brother and sister, but <laughs> I can see that. Uh, so last, what would you rate Wide Sargasso Sea out of 10? Um, I'm leaning towards like a 7. Yeah, I will give it an 8 because I like its place in the canon of feminist lit. Yes. I do think it's beautifully written, mm-hmm. but I don't think that the character of Antoinette has a lot of agency. Right. So, uh, what else are you reading, watching, or listening to that is making you happy right now? Uh, I just finished the uh, Elvira autobiography. Okay. Yours cruelly, Elvira. Nice. Um, I listened to the audiobook, which is narrated by Cassandra Peterson, mm. Elvira herself. Um, I learned a lot about her as a person, and her history was really fascinating. Uh, like starting being a go-go dancer when she was 14 years old yeah, and then working in that like genre for the rest of her life. And yeah. She's like 70 now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a long time. And then she has her reveal about her sexuality in this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then she also, uh, talks about, uh, sexual abuse in this book. I heard. Yes. Uh, there is that, um, she was with a lot of rock stars mm-hmm. um not always in a good way okay she did uh, i've told you this before but she um she ended up in Jimi hendrix's trailer yeah at a concert um and like sort of made out with him for a little bit but that was fascinating yeah there's also encounters with like freddie mercury um jimmy page all these really big names that you're like oh shit that is very cool yeah it is very cool that sounds like a good read mm-hmm um, I am currently reading one of the scariest books I've ever read in my life. Uh, it is called Tender as the Flesh, and it is about uh, what would happen if a virus wiped out all of the animals, so there was no animal meat, and we had to start uh, breeding humans to eat them. Oh my god. It's absolutely horrifying. <laughs> I can't yeah. put it down. It's like, so this is something that if this had come at the climax, I'd be like, absolutely not. And I'd be horrified and upset. But because like from page one, it's so horrible. Mm -hmm. Somehow I'm numb to it for the book. Uh, But Mm -hmm. yeah, it is really good so far. Interesting. Yeah. This is horrifying. Absolutely. (laughs) So our next book for our next episode, we're reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yes. By Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want to join us for that, go to your local library or go to your local bookstore and pick that up. And until next time, this has been They're Coming to Read You, Barbara! Bye bye!
The music for They're Coming to Read You, Barbara, comes from Eric Matias at www.soundimage.org.